breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. This is interesting to me. Am I low? Am I all right? Um, there was... You 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 had a story on casino revenues, mm-hmm. and I, I know this is a shorty, but they brought smoking back. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yet, the because they said, "Well, our revenues are down. We need smoking." Yep. So so the city council, the city council mm-hmm. brought it back for casinos. But revenues are down? Yeah, revenues now. And now Sam's Town revenues up just slightly. That's the only casino in the local area that saw an increase. And they may attribute it to smoking being back. But revenues at Bally's are down 2.5% from May to June, even though smoking is now allowed at that casino. But we must note here... Um, casino revenues are down at all the casinos right, right. from May to June, except Samstown for about, it's about a 9% overall. And I looked back just now over time to see, do we typically see a drop from May to June? Is that kind of a typical seasonal drop? Mm-hmm. And it is when, you know, when the people go on summer vacations, maybe they're not gambling, they're spending their money on, on vacations. So you typically are going to see a drop in revenues from May to June. We will watch those numbers this fall, you know, when they typically come back to their and level off. And let's see if the casino revenues for Shreveport's two casinos 
does improve because they brought smoking back. Um, you know, I'm I'm a pretty pretty big bulldog pit bull and i'm gonna watch it Mm -hmm. you know if you say we need smoking back to help these local casinos we'll see what happens biggest loser by the way from may to june was horseshoe revenues down at horseshoe by 20 percent saw that that's a huge huge hit and uh margaritaville's number margaritaville's the top performer in the market but um by far oh yeah brought in more than 16 million in may and then their numbers for june I think our, uh, let's see, the June casino revenues for Margaritaville, 15.3 million. They're 5 million over the next closest, which is Horseshoe. So we'll keep an eye on the revenues because, you know, the smoking was going to help the Shreveport casinos right now. Eh, jury is still out. Uh, you saw the story about LeBron James's son? Yes. I'll talk about that next. Okay. Mike McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. There's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole story about, could you imagine being, you know, LeBron James's son oh. and, and playing gosh. basketball, the comparisons? Oh my gosh, yeah. That's that's not even what I, but I just thought about that when I saw this story last night. Mm-hmm. I, you know, look at Hank Williams and Hank Williams Jr. Absolutely. It almost killed Hank Jr. Yes. for years because he kept trying to be his dad. Right, Singing exactly. his dad's songs. Mm-hmm. Until he finally goes, you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my own thing. Uh, I think we have good news. Bronny's in stable condition now. And, uh, I mean, yes. he collapsed on the court at USC where he's playing college ball. Cardiac arrest, right? Cardiac arrest. Uh, he's 18. Mm. Uh, the, uh, young, healthy man. And he's the second player recently that's collapsed from USC. Shh. And, and, I mean, you know, a lot of people are going, did he get vaccinated? Mm. And, and I saw a, a, an article that LeBron said, you know, that, well, we were hesitant at first, but then the whole family was comfortable being vaccinated. So they think he was fully vaccinated. They're linking it to the vaccine? No, they're not. Okay. Nobody's saying that. Okay. But look at the rash of of young athletes that have collapsed. I mean, look at look at uh, uh, Hamlin, the you know mm-hmm. the football player that fell on was it Monday Night Football mm. after taking a hit, and you know he got hit in the chest, and that can cause sure that issue. I forget what that's called, um, but is nobody questioning this? Are we investigating it? Are we trying to find out what's... I mean, this is a healthy 18-year-old. So. This is indoor practice. It's not like they were outdoor, is it? No, I don't think so. I mean, they're practicing inside. It was a workout Monday at the Galen Center. Yeah, that's inside. That's just, you know, I'm 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 thinking he's going to be okay, make a full recovery, but he was at ICU. The family's asked for privacy. You know, the interesting part of this story, I mean, obviously we're all concerned about his health, but he's under the one and done policy. He's eligible for the draft next year. Oh, it, he in, and in his daddy yes. could play together. LeBron says he wants to see the day when he's playing in the NBA and his son's playing as well. That's crazy. I mean, it's That's not crazy. likely they'll play for the same team, 
But can you imagine taking the court and your son is playing against you? How how huge is that? That's a 20, 25-year age difference. Right. God, that would be amazing. Talk about the people that would watch that. Father and son playing against each other in the most premier level of the sport you can get to. That would be kind of cool. Vincent Uwuchukwu okay, was him. the other player yeah, okay. from uh, USC that, uh, that also collapsed. Wow. Uh, wow. It's just, it, it just raises questions, and it seems to be raising questions that nobody's asking or answering. Mm-hmm. Why are all these young men collapsing? These athletes, these healthy, physically fit at the peak of their, you know, physical fitness, and they're collapsing from heart issues. Now, is it possible that they're, of course, of course, you know, somebody could have a birth defect or Mm -hmm. they, they could... (laughs) <laughs> you know, drugs could be involved. I mean, there's, there's a, I know, I know those are plethora of reasons, but it just, I, I don't know. We didn't see this before 2020. I don't, I don't remember I it. Mean, it uh, if I, it, if it happened, I don't remember it. I really don't. It, it was, yeah, it was rare. It, we never saw it. Mm-hmm. And and now athletes, I mean, <laughs> they're dropping like flies. Um, well, across just, the board, mm-hmm. that, and I don't mean to make light of this young man's situation. Thank goodness he's, he seems to be doing okay. Yes. But it's just... <sighs> it's a sad story. And, you know, obviously the family's asking for prayers. And, um, you know, he was in ICU but is now out of the ICU, I believe, is listed in stable condition at last report. Again, 18-year-old Bronnie James just collapsing on the floor from cardiac arrest and you gotta wonder what's going on yeah. what is it it's it's a, a sad situation you don't expect that you know for a college athlete who's in the prime shape they've ever been in probably you know right it's sad well it just like i say it just it just in in, in even um today which is not known to be conservative Mm-hmm. They uh, they they did a story. Young people are more likely to die of heart attacks post COVID. But why? Why? Yeah. Well, so, are we ever going to know? There were there was a, va- a basketball player at Vanderbilt uh, came down with COVID and and her symptoms were mild, but uh, and then she ended up collapsing, scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's a lot. It's it's yeah. It's a lot. I, I I'd like to see more people asking questions. Mm-hmm. We need a lot more studies on this long term COVID stuff because I mean I know I suffer from it myself personally, and you know I had COVID three times, and so I'm I I know what it brought with me brought to me. So my issue was fatigue. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. I mean, m- major fatigue. I mm-hmm. just. I couldn't even finish mowing the front yard. Yeah, it, I, it just it it still gets you. It'll still get you from I'm time to be time. Looking into this though. What a one seven. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on one oh one seven FM and seven ten Kiel. You're doing something that's, I, I, I think this is really cool. 
Okay. Working with those kids. I am. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm working with. I'm teaching babies how to swim. I didn't ask you uh, beforehand. Do you? Do you? I'm, yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. I don't, I don't I, mind. It's like, I don't mind. I, you know, I don't, might not want. I did the. You know, I did this years and years ago. For for ten years, I probably taught swimming for a long, long time. Really? Yeah. And um, now, see, as a child, I, I remember swim lessons. Do you? I mean, it, oh my gosh, loved it. Yeah. I mean, the the getting and going to the pool, knowing you were going to the pool, right, right, and and we we took swim lessons at the pool that was at Bozier High School. It was on the oh, corner. Yeah, yeah. It's not even there anymore. No, it's been gone. It's yeah. been gone, and it had a high dive, oh, which which you can't you can't apparently gone. even do anymore. Even diving boards are gone. But I remember swim lessons yeah so so that's a really that's a really cool thing then in well i told you're having an impact uh, yeah i told them that i I, you know i can't because of my shoulder i'm not able to lift any of the the bigger kids the four or five year olds so i said just let me work with the babies And, and the parents typically get in the water with the babies and they hold the babies so i don't have you know a whole lot of lifting and all that and you know we started the beginning of july with this group and uh many of them are you know two years old and under and they're scared. I mean, they're scared to death. And they're clinging to mom or dad. In some cases, grandpa. And last night, I had a couple of them who we really, we really had a breakthrough. Launched them, you know, by themselves, swimming with their arms and legs. And, and then they looked back up at me like, did I just do that? Did I just swim <laughs> to my mom? See, I think that's so cool. And it's just, to see those little eyes. And I, you know, I, I don't do it for the money. Obviously, you know that. I'm um, I'm doing it because they, they had a shortage of teachers. And I said something to one of the, the folks. And I said, look, if you, you know, if you need a sub sometime or whatever, I did this years ago. Um, and I can help if you ha- you need to plug anybody in. Well, I've been doing it for a couple months now. <laughs> they said, and, okay. And um, I love working with the babies. And the parents are great. Nobody has a clue who I am, which is kind of cool. And the the it's just a joy to see that those yeah. bright eyes in those kids and when they first go underwater and i love it when i tell them look if you blow bubbles i'm gonna dump this bucket of water on my head and when they blow bubbles and then i dump water on my head you know i have no shame so they laugh and they just <laughs> chuckle and then they i said you want to blow bubbles again i'll dump water on my head again and they're good with that they're like oh yeah let's blow some more bubbles so it's fun and we do rocket ships and we do you know motor boats and we have fun with them we but have a when, good time but when that kid makes that first move oh yeah and and, and swims whether it's five feet or yes. you know 15 feet that's that's Aaron. that's changing their lives it is it's life-changing and to see the parents Literally. eyes too the parents look at me like just a couple of weeks ago this child was clinging to me and now he's swimming and to, and to not be uh, afraid of the water not be afraid that's the secret and make sure they can save themselves if they need to so i'm happy doing it and you know i'm enjoying it and i haven't i haven't had any huge issues and that's very cool uh, it's fun it's fun to watch those little eyes it's crazy. Got, coming up after the news uh there's a a, a a video that it's not about the nail it's how men and women communicate horribly <laughs> You you guys need to pay attention. It's, uh, okay, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> Find out more after the news. Mike and McCarty, 1017.
1017 FM 710 Kiel, Mike and McCarty. And, and it's fascinating to me. First of all, sociology, I just think is, is fascinating. Mm-hmm. But men and women, do you remember the movie City Slickers? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What a, just what a great movie. It is a great movie. Men and women are different. And I don't mean of obvious physical differences. Right. Okay. Men and women are wired differently, intentionally. We communicate differently. We handle problems differently. You know, there's. they said in the movie, you know, women need a reason to have sex. Men just need a place. <laughs> right. Women are, and, and, and look, this is, as I'm speaking generalities because there are obviously exceptions. Absolutely. But as a general rule, women are, are, are more sensitive mm-hmm. they're more um i i, I want to say cerebral but i'll say emotional nurturing and, and i don't yeah. mean mm-hmm. flying off the handle emotion i mean they're more emotionally driven right right men are wired to take care of situations mm-hmm. Handle it. they take care of a problem mm-hmm. and you i i was not aware <laughs> of this video until you said this yesterday. All men need to watch this. And and uh, to be honest, all women need to watch and, and this. And see, it's interesting to me that you're taking the position that this woman is right. That, that <laughs> just... I'm not saying she's right. <laughs> I'm just saying it, it sets the tone for how our communication is haywired. I mean, it is it is off the chain how we don't pay attention to Absolutely. what the other needs. Absolutely, and it's a it obviously it's a huge example. I mean, way over the edge example. And and if people would take time to understand where the other person is coming from, mm-hmm. why they're thinking the way they're thinking, yes, and approach it from a different angle. But we don't because no. we come from where we're we're coming from. Mm-hmm. But this, this video, there's this guy's name is Jason Headley, and God bless it's, Jason. It's, let me let me set this up for you mm-hmm. because obviously we're on the radio, yeah, and and unfortunately you can't see facial expressions in this video. Um, this guy does such a great job. Uh, there's it's a young couple, and they're sitting on the couch, and the woman is very troubled. Yes, and it the. The camera starts very tight on her. She's a very pretty brunette, mm-hmm. and they look, look like they're late late twenties. Yeah, she's struggling with some health issues, some headaches, and stuff like that. And yeah, she's, she's talking about it. She's very troubled, mm-hmm. and the camera pans back, and she's got a nail sticking in her forehead, yeah. coming out about six inches from her forehead, <laughs> and she's complaining. <sighs> and and so so you get the visual and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and he can't believe it. So uh, Ruben, it, we're going to play this audio and just try to picture them sitting on the couch. Mm. He's trying to take care of her, right? And and she, yeah, and she wants none of it. <laughs> it's not about the nail. Thank <laughs> you. 
And what happened at the end was she said, thank you. And they lean in to kiss and she slams the nail into his head. And of course it hurts her. Just remember that. When your wife is just wanting you to listen, she doesn't want you to pull the nail out of her head. She just wants you to listen. Let someone else pull the nail out of her head. But no, then they're solving the problem. That's it's my problem. That's that's for me. That's my job. No, you just want to listen to her talk about the nail, talk about her headaches. Just listen. Be a supportive ear. Worry about her sweaters later. We'll get your sweaters that's fixed. That's my favorite line. My sweaters are all snagged. <laughs> not about the nail that's hilarious oh that is so great oh. nancy landry who is nancy landry well she's the assistant secretary of state currently and she's running for secretary of state mm-hmm. she's going to be joining us later this hour mike and mccarty now more breaking news and trending talk with mike and mccarty on 1017 fm and 710 keel One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. I'll tell you my mega million story from yesterday. Because I had an interesting story. I go to buy my Mega Millions ticket and I typically hand my old tickets in and say, check these and replay them. Mm-hmm. And I had the Powerball ticket from the other day that I lost. And I really wouldn't play that Powerball ticket again until it got big. But I just had them together. So I said, here, play, you know, check these and play them again. And she said, well, you want $8. I said, well, cool. And she said, you so want to read. What is a match that wins you $8? Um, I think it's the Powerball and one other number or it's three numbers. If you have three numbers correct or something. And I'm glad I don't know what it was on that particular ticket. Because I, if I had three numbers right, I would be like, oh, you're so right. close. you know. <laughs> but, and that uh, was a $10 ticket? It was a $10 Powerball ticket that won, I think, from last week's Powerball. And I hadn't checked it yet. So she checks me out and um, she says, but, you know, before I close this out, I have an extra Mega Millions ticket that I accidentally printed. Would you like to buy it? And I said, how much is it? She goes, it's a $10 ticket. And I thought, well, I won eight. I can use that eight and go ahead and buy that ticket from her. So you her. got so, the ticket for two bucks. Yeah, so she doesn't get stuck with that ticket, you know, or try to sell it to somebody else. And so I bought the ticket. I said, you know this is going to be the winning ticket. That it's going to be the great story that I bought your spare ticket that you were <laughs> holding on to. She goes, yeah, that would be so awesome. And I said, and if it is, I'm going to come back and visit you. She said, oh, that would be so awesome. <laughs> and well, it's not the winning ticket. But it, it uh, no winner. Mega Millions last night. Um, so the jackpot now climbs to $910 million for Friday night. We're closing in on another billion-dollar prize. Um, the lump sum is $464 million. You know there was a movie... A movie made uh, back in 94 with Nicolas Cage and Bridget Fonda called It Could Happen to You. Oh. And it was supposedly, I love saying that, supposedly, (laughs) it makes me think of Joey from Friends. Yeah. It's supposedly uh, based on a true story. Cop in Queens buys a, a, a 
the lottery ticket mm-hmm. and something about he uh there's a waitress that Bridget Fonda plays now he's married to a, a and according to the movie she's a money grubbing you know right, she's right. mean and evil and and uh but ends, he ends up winning the lottery and splits the ticket with her because he said I don't have a tip I'm so sorry but if I win the lottery I'll split the lottery with you and he holds true to it. And he won oh. and and split the money. Oh, man. And so, Ooh. and of course, his wife, they end up getting divorced. Oh, but, but she's ticked. It, it yeah. just reminds me of that, that you know, what you said, this, an, an accidental printout of a mm-hmm. ticket. And it yeah. could be a, a nine million, $900 million winning ticket. Now, wait a minute. I didn't say no splitting the ticket with the Circle K clerk. I'm <laughs> you sorry. You never said that, uh, right? You know, I'll Just come back come and back visit. <laughs> I'll come back and visit. <laughs> <laughs> Should have bought that ticket, girl. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would have given her something. I ain't splitting it with her. I ain't splitting it with nobody. But, it, yeah, that's a uh, – it was an interesting day. And I, I – uh didn't even think about it, to be honest. Usually I'm up, you know, at night buying condos and doing all that. Last night I just forgot about it. And then when I woke <laughs> up this morning, I went, oh, there was a drawing last night. Let's see if this extra ticket won. No, it didn't win. Nothing for me. Not this time. But I'll buy another ticket for Friday night. $910 million, a lot of dough. Yeah. A lot of dough. And I expect a, a larger cut than just one million if you, if you no, win no, that No, 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 just a million. I got about a hundred people on that list. Well, you can pare that down. <laughs> okay. Okay, the- scratch. Mike Martin there. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> it said, uh, beyond the basic premise of the film, the film is entirely fictional. The backgrounds of the film's characters depicted subsequent to their lottery bearing no resemblance to the actual lives of oh, Pinto wow. and Cunningham. Wow. So it was it was all a fairy tale. Mm. But it basically did he did buy the lottery ticket and split it with oh, her. Other man. than that, nothing else was I don't true. know if I'd do that. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Would I'd you give her a little something? Would you? So would you give her a little something? Oh yeah, I'd take care of her. Nice tip. Yeah, she'd get a nice tip. What, what's a nice tip if you won nine hundred million dollars or four hundred with the payout? Um, for that waitress. For the you know for the circle. Oh, the K circle clerk. K clerk. The circle K clerk's going to get a hundred G's probably. Really? Yeah. Probably. And, okay, that is very generous. Because she didn't have to say you can buy that ticket to me, especially if it was that ticket. Well, if she had to pay for it, of course she's going to try to push it off on you. Oh, yeah. If she printed it out accidentally, mm-hmm. yeah. and then she's responsible for it, I right. don't think it was some magnanimous gesture. Well, no, she she would have sold it by the end of the day. I mean, she would have. somebody would have said, I need a, you know, I need a $10 ticket. And she said, well, I've already printed one. You want that one? And somebody would have said, sure. Because that would they would have thought the same if they, thing if they don't have particular numbers, right? Exactly, that, like me. And a lot of people do quick picks. So, uh, interesting. I'm just excited about Friday. That could be the big day. Ruben and I have our fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up uh, at seven forty this morning, Nancy Landry, candidate for Secretary of State, going to be joining us. One hundred one seven FM. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. In studio with Nancy Landry, she's candidate for Secretary of State, but you're already working in the office. Aren't you? Tell us a little bit about 
Nancy Landry. Okay, thank you so much for having me here today. I really appreciate it. I um, I am from Lafayette originally, and I served three terms in the legislature representing Lafayette and Vermilion parishes. Now, you don't sound like you're from Lafayette. I don't. <laughs> I've, I've lived in Baton Rouge now for four years, so, so maybe I've lost my accent, but... Uh, um, when I turned out of the legislature, I was appointed by the current Secretary of State, Kyle Ardwan, to be the first Assistant Secretary of State. So I've actually been um, working in the Secretary of State's office, administering and conducting elections for the past four years. So I'm the only candidate with any experience conducting elections. Okay. Married? Children? I have two grown sons. They live, unfortunately, in other states, so their opportunities were um, away from Louisiana, sadly. I'd mm-hmm. like to bring them back, as I know most people who've lost their children to other states w- would like to. And hopefully when we get a new um, administration, and maybe things will turn around in Louisiana and they'll come home. But um, right now they're off um, pursuing their fortunes elsewhere. We're so. going to get into policy when we come back. Uh, election news, election balloting, all that good stuff. We're going to keep her in the studio. We might have to tie her to the chair, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we have all those questions for her. Nancy Landry in studio, Mike and McCarty, 1017. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. In studio with a candidate for Secretary of State already working in the office, Nancy Landry with Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Uh, now, what are you in town for? You're, you're in uh, Shreveport, Bossier? I came in to speak to the Bossier Republican women last night, and they it was a great group, huge crowd, and um, very well received, and just really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Jane Smith, Dodie Horton, and the gang, they, they, yeah. run, a, they run a tight ship. Let's talk elections. Um, we, things have changed. This is not my first rodeo, but we used to have election night where we, a few hours after we voted, polls closed, we knew who won. It was done and over. Um, what is going on? Things have switched now where we're, we don't trust election results anymore. Well, I think in Louisiana, we still do. I mean, in Louisiana, we still get our results on election night. And um, we've seen irregularities in other states. And we've seen them spend days counting ballots. But Weeks. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, weeks even. And But in Louisiana, we do elections well. We're ranked number sixth in the nation by the um, Heritage Foundation, which is a conservative think tank. And um, and we, we are like a model for other states. We have um, checks and balances at every stage of the process to make sure that there's no fraudulent activity. And if there is any, we would catch it right away and uh, refer for prosecution. But we you know, still get our elections on election night. And um, and I'm really proud of how we do that. I'm proud of the part I played in the Secretary of State's office to get us to number sixth in the nation in election integrity. Part of the issues in some of the other states were Dominion voting machines. That's what Louisiana uses. Is that correct? But we don't have the issue. 
why are they having issues and and we're not? We we have uh, when we purchased these voting machines, which was nearly thirty years ago. Um, I don't even think Dominion was in existence. We they're actually Sequoia machines, the the ones we use on election day, and then that company was bought out by Dominion, um, and we we just have a different system and we have you know a, a set up like i said we're a top down state we have uniform elections across the state and we have checks and balances in every step of the process so we don't have the problems you don't see those problems here that you see in other states because of the safeguards that we have in place and they cannot be accessed by anybody online. Is that correct? They're correct. not online. They're never connected to the Internet. They don't even have the capability to be connected to the Internet. And so they're, you know, they're what, what's called air-gapped. And they never, um, they never touch any other network or no vendor touches them. Only our technicians do the programming. Only our technicians do the maintenance on them. So there's um, just a lot of safeguards like that. They're sealed when they're not in use and, and they're, the seal's broken in a public meeting that anyone can observe. You know, we have several different things like that in place that ensure that um, no tampering could ever occur and that, you know, there couldn't be any interference from any sort of um, internet. Are you for or against paper ballots? I am for having a paper component. So that's my number one priority. As Secretary of State, I want to make sure that we get a new system. We need a new system. This system is old and it's falling apart. But this new system needs to have a paper component, a way that the voter can verify the accuracy of their vote by seeing it themselves. And um, and then that paper backup can then be used to do a post-election audit. When I go to my precinct, I have to have my driver's license. I give it to the first lady who puts it in a book. I sign the book. She gives it to another lady who then writes it down as well. It's like three people. How how do states how are people fighting voter ID? Why why is that? How is that an issue? I just I don't understand it. Uh, um, I often say that if if they spent the money that they spend trying to fight voter ID laws on getting the the handful of people who don't have an ID an ID, their money would be better spent. Because you know who who doesn't want to make sure that the person who's voting is actually that person, and that. Who in this day and age doesn't have an ID? You need an ID for nearly everything. And so uh, I just don't understand the argument. And it, it is, you know, something that we have laws in Louisiana that require an ID. And as Secretary of State, I would protect those laws and make sure that we did not change that. Because I think it's very important that you check to see who's voting and make sure it's the person who's claiming um, that they're the registered voter. Mail-in ballots. It's more and more people are are voting by mail these days. Um, what will you do to make sure that that is not uh, abused? Oh, it's already abused. I hate them. <laughs> well, we'll continue to have only um, uh, mail-in ballots or, or we call them absentee ballots for people who have an excuse to absentee vote because they're not going to be present in the state on election day. 
and um, and we make sure that that ballot is matched to a voter. We don't just distribute ballots. That a ballot is always matched to a voter and sent to the voter upon request. And then it's when it comes in, it's again matched to that voter and registered to that voter that that voter turned in their their ballot. So we don't just collect ballots and willy nilly count them. They always have to be connected to a registered voter in our system. And what about early voting? There are people that want more sites for early voting, more days for early voting. What will you do as Secretary of State to either expand that or rein that back in? So everybody um, who's early voted really enjoys it and likes it. It's it's easy. It's um, convenient. And um, and it helps you, you know, make sure you, you vote and you don't forget on Election Day, especially if there's a big football game or something like there, you know, often is in Louisiana. <laughs> but um, it costs money to open early voting sites, and they're a little more complicated than Election Day sites because they're parish-wide. And so you have to be able to check in every voter from the parish rather than just a precinct by precinct so it, it it costs a little more money and and um the parishes have to put in that money so but we are willing to work with parishes to provide convenient early voting sites and i would continue to do that as well i um i think early voting is here to stay and i would encourage people to early vote it make sure your vote counts because you're if anything happens to you on election day if there's bad weather if your child gets sick if you for you get caught up in the football game and you forget you you make sure that you voted when you, you had the opportunity during early voting so i i think it's it changes the landscape a little bit for candidates but i think it's here to stay and people do like it so nancy landry candidate for secretary of state in louisiana thanks for your time thank you mm-hmm. thanks for coming in thank 1017 you. fm 710 let's get back to the show with mike and mccarty on 1017 fm and 710 keel One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. We've got, and, and I know we've we've talked about this, but uh, coming up next month already, which is next week, by the way. I know someone has a birthday next week. August. Somebody has a birthday next week. Somebody does. Yeah. Wonder Somebody who does. has a birthday. I don't know. On August third, uh, some female in this room. <laughs> Ruben, is it your birthday? <laughs> no, still a ways off from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yours is Christmas Day. Christmas Day, December 25th. God, that bites. <laughs> that does bite. Mine, mine's is, it used to be right after school started. Yeah. Middle of September. So I'm older than you? <laughs> Dang. You cougar. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you're just a few weeks, basically. Yeah, okay. A few weeks older. So I'm your senior. Okay, good. Um, GeekCon yeah. is coming up. In, in my first one was last year. I've never worked it before. Mm. I, I went to one, and this is how naive I was. <laughs> I, was I didn't realize people charged for autographs. Oh yeah, you know that's how they that's how they they make their money. Absolutely, it's a big deal. It's a, it's an entire industry. Mm-hmm. And and we went when um, the the guy Peter Mayhew, 
who played Chewbacca. Yes. In in all the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And and you meet. <laughs> And it's so funny because it's like, what do you say, really? You know, right, right. Did you did you make those noises? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, I'm an idiot. Okay, it was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, he was a very nice guy. He was, yeah. But that was my first and and really only experience with one of the Comic Con situations. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fascinating. It, it really is. is fascinating. It's a world that you, un- unless you're in it, you don't know how dedicated folks are. And I mean, Kevin Smith is going to be here, and he is a monster star. And yeah, if you don't, you have to prepay to get his autograph. You can't show up at GeeksCon this year and get in a line. And just go get in line. No, that's all right. pre-done ahead of time. So if you haven't already done that, and you think you're going to just show up and get in line... Note to self, ain't going to happen. There was an independent film years ago um, called Smoke Signals made by American Indians. And uh, um, the girl at that time that was in that, um, I just remember going, well, she's just gorgeous. And she's going to be there. She was the voice of Pocahontas, yes. the Disney Oh, wow. Pocahontas. I also love that movie, Smoke Signals. I haven't found it anywhere streaming yet, but as soon as I do, uh, it's such a good movie. Oh, it's, I, I think I, I think I did find it. I'll, I'll check and, and let okay. you know. Uh, but anyway, it's going to be fun, and mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping to, you know. It's August, what, 18th, 19th? Something like, somewhere, yeah. yeah. So it, it's going to be a con- convention up. center. And so many guests this year. I think this is our biggest year for guests. Brandon Routh. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. It is going to be very cool. Very so, cool. Anyway, it's just, I, I saw the uh, the Kevin Smith, and so uh, looking forward. It's always a fun weekend. Mm-hmm. Coming up uh, next hour, Grayson Butcher going to join us. They had the uh, public safety meeting yesterday. We'll find the deets on that. Micah McCarty, 1017. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Shreveport City Councilman Grayson Butcher joining us. Grayson, thanks for your time. Appreciate your talking hey, with morning, us. Don. Good morning. Public safety meeting yesterday. City Council held. Uh, I know the public was able to uh, express their concerns. Sum up the meeting. What uh, What did you think? Well, I thought it was an, an excellent meeting. Um, you know, I, and I said this yesterday, um, we disagree a lot, the council does, the seven of us do, on, on certain things as far as, you know, how to budget money, you know, how to run the city, things like that. But I think that we're all together whenever it comes to the prevention and uh, stopping the, the violent crime in the city's report. So it was a very productive meeting. Um, I think having open and candid meetings in the public about situations that are going on in the city related to crime is is the way to go and uh yesterday seemed to be very productive and and i think we're starting uh you know starting something that that uh that may be able to help us along the way and i think scheduling another meeting to to um you know two weeks down the road to see what progress we made and to see where we are with the questions we were asking i think is uh is holding us a little bit more accountable questions you were asking like well, you know, one question, uh, 
you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this downtown? Uh, can you work with the sheriff's office to bring them in? You know, we ask that question a lot, and all we get is, well, we're working. Well, we want to see some something produced. There's also something that's very interesting that we've recently found out about. Uh, there, there are certain uh, provisions in Louisiana state law that allow crime prevention districts. And so we've got a lot of information on that we're going to try to share, which would allow certain neighborhoods, if they would like to, to become their own taxing body and start a crime prevention district within their own neighborhoods. So there's some information that's going to be coming down the pike about that, which I'm, I'm very interested in. Because I think that the, the gist of the meeting yesterday was we just don't feel like that there are enough officers on the street. And, and, and like we said over and over again, there is a shortage of officers. But is there any way that we can help to supplement that by bringing in outside agencies, uh, by working closer with the Cattle Parish Sheriff's Department, the uh, you know Louisiana State Police, the City Marshal's Office? What can we do to get those a little bit more active in our neighborhood seeing more patrols? One of the issues is uh, the noise ordinance. And right. the mayor told us that they're in the process of rewriting the noise ordinance where what's the status on that and how are they going to change it well and and that you know uh, there was a conversation had yesterday about that there is a state noise ordinance um which might be something that we could adopt uh, there's also a lot of talk about where the entertainment district is you know so i think having these ongoing public safety meetings and continuing to discuss these um make them come to fruition a lot quicker than us just kicking the can down the road. Um, but yes, there, there, there is talk about the ordinance, uh, for the noise downtown. I think that the, that the gist of what we were talking about as far as downtown is related. We have a real problem when it comes to, uh, people coming down there that are not patrons. Uh, they're, they're not people that are coming to downtown to spend money in these businesses, regardless if it's a black business or a white business. They're not coming down there to spend money. They're coming down there to party um, on, pu- on private property or public property in some cases. And what we need to do is get uh, some of these uh, parking lot owners and business owners where these people are congregating to, you know, let the city come in and take care of this. Um, you know, my comment was if you're down there and you're selling drugs, um, if you're selling food without a permit, uh, we can't have a festival that's unlicensed downtown on private property every weekend. But if you're having so, a if you're having a club playing music from an outdoor patio that you can hear, you know, three four blocks away, why do I need to pay to go in that club? Do we need to stop that loud music? Um, I mean, where does the business's right start and end? Right, exactly, and that's that's part of this noise ordinance. Um, I'm going to be very very cautious about. Um, how we proceed with the noise ordinance because I, I do want people to be able to have fun. However, I don't want those people to be able to infringe on other people's rights going and coming from the clubs. I think that the biggest thing is, for me, we need, as a police department, whatever it takes, we need to get the mounted patrol back out there. I asked the chief, uh, do you have your OSI people, which is your, your special operations people out there, your narcotics people, do you have them on the streets on Saturday night? It's a Friday and Saturday nights, and I'm not talking about at 8, 9 o'clock at night. I'm talking about 
in the wee hours of the morning when this stuff is going on. We need to bombard this and not to do anything about the people that are that are legally doing what they're supposed to do inside these businesses. I'm talking about the people that are on the streets that are congregating that are causing the trouble. Now, if if the music on the rooftop or out speakers that are on the rooftop, whatever, if that's what the problem is, then we really need to nip that. Uh, another thing, even if that about, business owner is a friend of members of the council, absolutely, it doesn't matter. Look, Do you think the whole me, council feels like that? I can't talk. I can't speak for them. Uh, you know, I, I can't. All I know is the way I feel, and and I don't I don't care what who the business owner is. If if your business is causing trouble in downtown Shreveport, uh, then we need to 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 take measures to take care of that. And that's that's where I was going with that, Aaron. Another conversation that Chief said was was hours in downtown. You know, what time do we shut down? I was I was on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi uh, over the weekend uh, for a little quick trip down there, and um, those bars shut down at twelve o'clock. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying that's the route to go, but that's an option if we keep continuing to have these these kind of problems. Talking with City so, Council Member Grayson Butcher. Grayson, you mentioned a moment ago the entertainment district. Well, the entire downtown area is not an entertainment district. And I right. asked Liz Swain about this a while back. The entertainment district that we have is under the bridge, under the Texas Street Bridge, uh, going toward the riverfront. It It hasn't seemed to take off. Uh, there are a few businesses still down there. Nothing seems to last. No restaurants. Uh, I know there are some now. But what can we do to to move those clubs and businesses and create a, uh, you know, a, a viable, vibrant entertainment district? Well, I think I think number one, the city needs to give up the control of those. You know, we own ninety nine point nine percent of those businesses, and uh, you know, anytime government's involved. It, it it doesn't move as smoothly as if 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 uh, private business were involved. We don't need to be in the club business or the real estate business. We need to start liquidating that. Uh, I've talked to Mayor Arsenault about that on numerous occasions. I've talked to other members of the council, uh, especially Gary Brooks. We need to be getting out of that business and letting a private business come in there and try to recruit bars and restaurants into that area. There are some very successful ones down there, by the way. Um, but we have a lot of real estate down there, a lot of square footage that's not being utilized. So, yes, and where some of this stuff is happening on Texas Street, that is not, per se, in the entertainment district. Grayson, so, can you uh, stay with us for another sure. segment? Because sure. uh, uh, I've heard this song and dance before. This ain't my first rodeo, and I want to talk to you about what's different now. Okay, sure. Grayson Butcher with Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport City Councilman Grayson Butcher talking with us about yesterday's public safety meeting. Grayson, you know, year after year, decade after decade, we kind of go through the same song and dance. Crime spikes. Let's do more to fight crime. Let's protect our neighborhoods. Let's put in more technology. What's different now? Do you feel there is a difference? You know, I don't know, Aaron. I, I I go over this in my mind a lot. Um, you know, we we meet, 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 and nothing ever gets done. And we pray, um, pray, and pray. Yeah, yeah, and and nothing ever gets done. For some reason, to me though, um, with the mayor that we have now, um, 
it seems like things are going to get done. And maybe that's just wishful thinking. I, I don't know. Um, I do know that, that people and the public are tired of it. Um, you know, I think that over the years, and I've been in Shreveport for, you know, I'm, I'm 52 years old. I've been here since I was 14. For, for years, certain areas of town have uh, just kind of buried their head in the sand and, and had the old opinion of, well, it's happening over there or it's happening over there. Well, now it's starting to happen everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's engaging a lot more of the citizens and, and making them want to see some changes. And I think realistically, if we don't, if we don't make these changes sometime soon, we have a real possibility of losing our downtown. That's what Liz Swain said yesterday. Um, and our downtown is critical and it's not just in Gary Brooks's district. Downtown affects and impacts every one of us, all seven of us. So we have to get something done downtown. Um, you know, you know, maybe in a new, uh, noise ordinance, we say something where there's no vulgar music or no inciting of people on the street. If you, you know, if you're playing music, it, it has to be, uh, you know, it has to be PG. It has to be not, you know, we don't have DJs that are encouraging people to do stuff. Um, you know, and the music has to be down. I think that there's all kinds of things that we can do, but it's going to have to realize, we're going to have to realize that we have a problem. And I think that's what maybe is a little bit different right now. I think we all realize we have a problem. Uh, Gary, I got a text from a friend of mine says, as a guy that owns a 16,000 square foot building one block away from several of the clubs, it's killing my property value. Non-party people are scared to come down there, so I either have to sell to a club at 50 cents on the dollar or ride it out and hope for a change. Well, and I think that's where we go back to the entertainment district. We're going to have to have a, a real tough conversation about you know, where, where these lines are and what's allowed in certain areas. Um, I, I just don't know, uh, you, you know, it's almost like the city of Shreveport, in, in my opinion, over the last 10 to 15 years has been on autopilot. And now we're starting to reap the fruits of that autopilot. And things have been allowed to happen that probably shouldn't have happened. A lot of it, though, goes from enforcement and having the officers down there. I mean, uh, you know, a, a business owner spoke to us yesterday about, you know, we always try to compare ourselves to, or, or some people try to compare us to Bill Street and, and, you know, the French Quarter and all that. But I mean, you've been to the French Quarter, you've been to Bill Street, you know that every corner there's a cop. Mm-hmm. There's a cop with a canine. There's, there's mounted patrol. There's all that stuff going on. And, and luckily right now for the city of Shreveport, we're only looking at Friday and Saturday nights. So if we could, you know, basically, which I pray that stays that way, uh, if we could really fund the police department and if we could really get the manpower down there and say, look, we're not going to allow you to create uh, to create this chaos. We're not going to allow you to do these illegal activities. And I don't care if you're selling a, a turkey leg on the corner without a permit or if you're selling drugs. We're not going to allow it. Mm-hmm. Talking with Grayson Butcher. Sorry, I said Gary a moment ago. I don't. I know you insulted me, but that's okay. <laughs> Sorry about that, Grayson. I and I know better. You mentioned a moment ago uh, about prayer, and we know uh, the council chairman James Green called a prayer session in the foyer. Um, were all council members invited to this? We received a press release, uh, but no, we did not receive a phone. We didn't personally receive a phone call, but we received the same press release that everyone else did. Grayson, let me let me ask you this too, because there was a lot of mention yesterday of of more technology, more cameras, drones, etc. 
you know, you and I can look at each other in the eye and we can we can admit we're broke. We do not have money for lots of extra things. How are we going to find the money to fund this? Are we going to possibly reach out to the parish to say, hey, guys, this is a problem for all of us. Let's come together. They, you know, they have piles of money, way more than Shreveport. How do we how do we deal with it in terms of the money this is going to cost? Well, I think first off, we need a plan. And I think if we meet regularly as a public safety committee and start to draft that plan together and start working with partners in the area, like I said, the sheriff's office, city marshal, uh, the parish was also at the public safety meeting uh, yesterday. Um, if we start working with these other agencies and seeing what our weaknesses are, what our strengths are as agencies, uh, then we figure out how we're going to fund it. You're right. Um, I personally, and this is just me because maybe I'm old school, I think having a physical presence down there is much more important than having cameras and um and drones and things like that. I'm saying there's a place for that, but for the for the immediate need of what we're having in downtown Shreveport, I think it needs to be a presence of police officers. Um, but I think that you make a very valid point. We are broke, and um, we don't have a whole bunch of money to spend on things. And, and I do think that it's going to take a collaboration between the parish and the city to be able to stop this. And, and you're right, the parish does have a lot more money than we do. Grayson, when you, you talk about presence, uh, it, during police officers, when they go through the academy and training, there's a force continuum that is taught. If, if you're, if an, a suspect approaches you with, you know, their fists, you can't pull out your gun and shoot them. You know, there's a, there's an appropriate level of force. And in that continuum, the police officer presence is level one in the force continuum. Cameras are good for helping resolve an issue after the fact, but having those officers on site will help prevent things from happening. We've got to get our recruiting up. And, and that, well, it's not Shreveport's issue any more than and across the country. I understand that. Well, I've had, I've had conversations with neighboring cities as well, and um, it always goes back to, you know, um, if we get over there and we try to law, you know, we, we try to enforce the law, um, you know, we're going to be held at a, at a different standard because we're coming from somewhere outside of Shreveport, um, you know, is um, it, it, it's just really difficult. Number one, I think, in the industry to find people that want to work because of what's going on in the in the industry and what's happening with policing as a whole. But in Shreveport, you know, our, our pay is low. We, we, we did do the 13 percent raise. Um, but, but that's, that's peanuts to come out and put your life on the line. You know, that, that question, as far as recruiting goes, I don't know how we, um, how we increase our recruiting. And that is a problem, Mike. I mean, it really is, but I, I don't have that answer. I just know sure. in a vacuum what I feel like we need to be doing down there. Now, how we get from point A to point B, I think it's going to take a lot more discussion. Grayson Butcher, city councilman. Thanks for your time. Hey, Aaron, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Y'all have a good morning. Mm -hmm. You too, Grayson. 1017 FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Okay, I've I've got a question for you. We're talking about littering. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> I was in I was in a pickup truck with my stepdad. 
we were driving and I had a, a like a, a Coke can and I just finished a Coke and I rolled down the window and I flung my arm out the window <gasps> like I threw the Coke can out the window. Oh, no. He slammed on the brake. <gasps> and I, of course, had just set it in my lab. I didn't throw it. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. You were just messing with him. I was just messing with him. <gasps> I don't know why I thought that would be funny. No, no. Um, well, let me ask you this. Is a tissue, do you consider a, t- or a napkin, not a heavy paper towel mm-hmm. even, but just a tissue, do you consider that littering? Yeah. You Okay. Yeah. You, you think that's, li- see, I don't have a problem with that. Well, see, because the I next think, rain, it's going to biodegrade and well, dissolve. my worry with it is if it doesn't biodegrade all of a sudden and it gets in a storm drain or something. Does it block something up? Does it does it block water from? Pl- I, you know, I don't know. I'm 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 more inclined to think that's littering over like an apple core. Now throwing somebody- a paper bag of you know oh, your yeah. leftover water burger. No, yeah, no, don't no. do that. All the cups and the trash and Mm-mm. the oh, that just makes me so mad. I don't like throwing anything out the window. Uh, to well, be honest no, with you, I don't no. like any of it. I like for people to keep a to keep a trash bag in your car and. Put your stuff in it. Now, and I'll toss an apple core, but I won't do it on the road because I don't want to draw an animal to the road. Yes, exactly. I will toss like an apple core off into the grass if I'm off a road, mm-hmm. like not on the interstate. I'm not going to throw it on the interstate. And the thing about that is I don't even like to do that. because and the reason is that then ants will congregate by that apple core. Then you'll have an ant pile that's gathered there. And I And you don't want to run over the ant pile? And I don't want the ant piles to, you know, wherever they are, leave them where they I don't know. I just don't like I don't like the habit of throwing anything out the window. I right, mean, I, I know right. it's probably okay and it's probably not well, illegal. I don't, know. I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I just think if we were all in the habit of taking care of our own trash ourselves in a little trash bag in our car, that we would have less littering. And I, you know, I was glad to see the mayor was doing a piece yesterday on one of the news stations talking about we are making a concerted effort to clean up the litter and the piles of junk. And I'm not talking about the tree limbs. I'm talking about the mattresses and the other junk oh. that just piles up in our neighborhoods. I, I, I was walking into a, 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 the drugstore on the corner of Kings and Uri right there. Mm-hmm. And in the parking lot, there was a car just parked in the parking lot and the window rolled down. And I'm Aaron, almost a grocery full of trash. They just dumped it right out into the parking lot. You can't change people that just don't give a crap. They don't. And you they and couldn't I, care I, less the about ones anybody that, else. The ones that make me crazy are the diapers in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. A dirty diaper in the parking lot. Who is coming behind you to pick that up? Or even dumping out a full ashtray full of cigarettes. Uh, Those aren't biodegradable. Who's coming behind you to get that? Please. First off, if you're dumping your ashtray out, why do you have an ashtray at all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, I've seen it too. The huge piles of yeah. cigarette butts just on right. the ground, mm. and it's like you have an ashtray in your car. Why? <laughs> why? Why did you do that? And right. How difficult exactly. is it to just have a little plastic bag in your car? Exactly, and we're and just so you... lazy, oh, so lazy, and just... and our problem will become someone else's problem, and then it builds up. Stop being so nasty. One one seven FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
Okay, mean lady, you're right. She <laughs> says, if everyone tosses one little tissue, what does that look like? Yeah. Junkie. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. And that's what I'm saying. I, I'm not, I don't say I do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I can see where they go, okay, that'll dissolve. Right. Right. I'm not throwing a, an aluminum can or mm-hmm. a booger out the window. <laughs> Boogers are legal, by the way. I'm working on that. <laughs> FYI, breaking news. Thank God. You know, yeah, we had to get that out there. I was wondering if it was illegal to fling a booger out you, the window. It's okay. It's legal to fling a booger. Boogers B- are good. Best line about a booger ever. Comedian said, you could rob a bank with a booger. Oh, God. <laughs> and I thought, he's not wrong. No, he's not. Because <laughs> I'm backing up. Dude, it's your beach. Go ahead. What is going on with President Biden's dog? His dog, Commander. Have you heard this yet? He has is now he on crack. Like no, huh? he has oh. now bitten ten Secret Service agents <laughs> in the last four months. One of them even had to go to the hospital. Oh my! The other dog—I forget the other one's name. That that dog was already banished to relatives because of biting. Now you got this other German Shepherd, Commander is his name. He's biting Secret Service agents while they're on duty. So you're saying he's had no discipline or control. Right. Yeah. And imagine and, that. And Jill Biden's saying we're gonna try to get him, you know, better training and all that. Because when they let him off the leash to run, that's when he's attacking the people that are supposed to guard the freaking president. The people that are guarding Jill Biden are getting bitten when she's letting her dog off the leash. I, what I, is going on? I haven't seen that. What kind of dog is it? I he's don't a German know. Shepherd. Oh, my. He's beautiful. Oh, wow. But that's, he's, that's, ser- that's a serious bite. Then. Yes. he's One of them, you saw the shirt, and the shirt of his right here near his torso was completely ripped with bite marks. Like he got bit right on his ribs. And and we're drawing blood. I'm not talking about little nips here. This is a big German shepherd that is now chowing down on Secret Service agents. Come on. It's time. I mean, it's I love dogs. I love my dog, Bo. But you, you can't need, allow that at the White you're House. You're the president. Get some training. Is Call it actually in. his dog, though? I mean, does he have anything to do with the dog, actually? I don't know if he does. You see Jill walking him a lot. You know, but but... For crying out loud, get the dog whisperer in there. Now, my dog, we, we got from the, the Caddo Animal Shelter a few years ago. She mm-hmm. was already grown, so bad habits were established. And she's she's aggressive towards other people and dogs. Mm-hmm. So when I walk her, I have to put a, a harness on her right. and a leash, you know, and I've never let her out without being in control. I've I've already written the Saturday Night Live sketch for this. By the way, they they owe me they owe me props. It's the Biden Trump debate, and he walks in with the dog. That would be a great skit, wouldn't it? Okay. For the debate stage, in walks Biden with the dog. I say, do it. That would be pretty good. Well, we already know he's blind. Oh, one hundred one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
You asked me about my driver's license. Yeah, do you remember the day you got your license? No. Because Ruben's about to go through that with a teenager. Yes, yeah. Back uh, when you could get a permit at 14 years old. Drive at 15. And get your drum lab at 15 years old. Daddy took me at my 15th birthday. Yeah. I went on that exact day, got my license, passed the test, and he let me drive home. I remember in driver's ed, I already had my driver's license. Yes. And driver's ed at that time was done at the school and mm-hmm. usually a coach. Right. <laughs> we were coming up industrial toward Highway 80 and the girl just freaked out. And instead of uh. hitting the brake, she guns it. And we're heading toward the intersection and the light's red. I mean, he slammed on the brake. Martindale, take us back to the school. <laughs> Yours I already had my drum lobby. Yours about to be sixteen. Get is, the license. Sixteen, and yeah. and and he's officially got his license already. He he's about to have his license. We're gonna we're gonna drag him up to the DMV and. Uh, you gonna drag him? Oh yeah. <laughs> he's not, he's not like eager to go get it. No no no. He's stoked. I I don't know why I said drag. That that is, that, that is a scary day, Ruben. Uh yeah <sighs> yeah. It, it it really is. It's a. It's one of. The, now, are you? Don't tell him this. Are you GPS in his vehicle? Nowadays, people are doing that. All my friends are GPS in their kids' vehicles. Huh? I don't know. They're uh, slapping a little put thing like an, on them. An, an, an Apple Air Tag on a their little, car. A little a little tracker or? on their cars to make sure okay. they say. And you don't tell the kid it's on there. And they say, oh, I was at practice or I was at, you know, Jim Bob's house. Right. No, and, you aren't. You were we, at Susie's. We already have kind of a thing like that. It's, uh, I, I, I forget what the app is. A Life 360 is on the phone. On the phone. Okay. Yeah. Well, then that's good because the car, the car is going to go where he, he is. Yeah. He ain't going anywhere without his phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Teenagers are going to have their phone with them. Yeah. But it, it's because it's scary when they, when you see them drive off that first time, those first few weekend nights when they're like, I'm going to see my friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Boys, oh, when boys get their buddies in the car with them, they do stupid things. And yeah. wait, oh, if, oh, if I had had Life 360 as a teenager, my, my parents would have had me committed. Oh, yeah. You would oh, still absolutely. be getting treatment. Yes. yes. And just wait till your car insurance now oh, comes. Oh, You have a yeah. 16-year-old male driver yep. in the family. Oh. Yep. By the way, I just got a new statement yesterday for my insurance carrier that went up. Aaron, I mean, I went, wait, this is 2008. I know. And it went up substantially. It's going to go up, as you heard Jim Donlan say, between now and when you turn 65, they're going to start bridging you up because at 65, they can no longer increase you. So they're starting to make up for it now. Well, I'm starting to. I'm, I, it sucks. I'm, I'm now shopping. By the way, oh, I'm shopping it now as well. Because Definitely. that's just obscene. I pay more for car insurance than I do my electric bill. I, we've got. I've mm-hmm. got two forerunners, my truck, and Dina's new car. Which, oh. by the way, holy crap! And two motorcycles you, you, that I'm lost, paying yeah. insurance on. You've lost your damn. Yeah, mind. I'm shopping. Yeah. <laughs> Michael McCarty, guess what day it is? 1017 FM, 7.